Technology Explained. Welcome to the Dell Technologies Converged and Hyperconverged Solutions Podcast. What's up, the Israel community? Welcome to another episode of the CIHCI Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Athanasiu of the VxRail Technical Marketing Team, and my guest today is Ash McCarty, Director of Product Management for VxRail Platforms. Welcome to the program, Ash. Thanks, Mike. I've heard great feedback from the VxRail community on these podcasts, and I'm extremely excited to share details on some of the upcoming features we'll be launching on VxRail. Well, we're excited to have you on here, Ash. Uh, we've got a very juicy topic to talk about today, new VxRail offerings that are definitely different from uh, how many of us have uh, historically seen VxRail. Um, I feel confident we've got the right person here, yourself, to give us the important details, but also to provide us a sense of direction where the VxRail portfolio is heading. Um, overall, exciting stuff, it's a lot of stuff. So I appreciate that you're taking the time out of your busy schedule to have this discussion with me. Absolutely. So VxRail continues to see tremendous growth and adoption as customers begin to modernize their in their data centers and to simplify how they scale and manage their workloads. As the only jointly engineered system with VMware, VxRail clusters deployed with vSAN have enabled customers to consolidate workloads while also providing management and automation enabled by the VxRail HCI system software. We are constantly working to innovate and evolve VxRail. And today I wanna to talk about two new ways that VxRail can be deployed to address new customer use cases, um, extending outside the data center with VxRail dynamic nodes and VxRail satellite nodes. Awesome. Um, I'm excited to learn more about VxRail's evolution and the deployment flexibility uh, it can now offer. So uh, you just mentioned this, there are VxRail dynamic nodes and VxRail satellite nodes what new uh, customer use cases are we addressing with these new variants? Great question. But before diving deeper, let me preface on how we're expanding the VxRail portfolio. Our goal is to deliver a consistent operating experience, regardless how customers choose to deploy and use VxRail. Customers are continuing to consolidate workloads on VxRail, but we're also looking to address both ex existing and new emerging use cases by extending the advantages of the VxRail HCI system software to other areas of their infrastructure. One of these use cases is addressed by VxRail dynamic nodes. This allows customers to asymmetrically scale both compute and storage, in addition to be able to utilize new or existing investments with primary storage infrastructure. The second use case is an introduction of VxRail satellite nodes, which is our marketing name for VxRail when you deploy it as a single node and it is targeted at edge environments. Got it, got it. Okay then, so, uh, so then let's start off with VxRail dynamic nodes. What are they? So today, when you deploy VxRail, it is done so as a vCN cluster, where you can use the VxRail automated workflows to non-disruptively expand compute and storage within a node, or by adding nodes to the cluster. VxRail dynamic nodes introduce a new way to deploy VxRail, which allows scaling and compute asymmetrically from storage. The dynamic nodes come pre-installed and integrated with ESXi, but do not include vSAN. Since they do not have a vSAN data store, they will not require internal hard drives or SSDs, and instead you utilize all the storage from an external source. All right, so, so VxRail dynamic nodes are basically compute-only ESXi hosts. They, they still form a cluster, so a compute cluster, but there's no vSAN license. 
this uh, this just seems very different than uh, than a VxRail node. I think we're all familiar with, and there's no internal drives, meaning primary storage has to come from an external source. So, can you give me some specific examples of of how this external storage works? Absolutely, VxRail dynamic nodes are deployed as a vSphere cluster, and instead of using vSAN for storage, there's two different options for for attaching storage. One is to use a VMware vSAN HCI mesh and connect to a remote vSAN data store. The second option is to connect to an external primary storage array. Dynamic nodes support the current generation of Dell EMC storage arrays. These are the PowerStore T, PowerMax, and UDXT. But customers can also connect to VMAX and UD arrays as well. Initial support for attaching the external storage array will be focused around fiber channel and provisioning data stores with VMFS. However, we will continue to expand connectivity options, including iSCSI, NFS, VVOLs, and VME over fabrics in the future. So while dynamic nodes and the underlying storage attached is different than what you're familiar with today with vSAN, they still run the same VxRail HCI system software. This means you continue to have that consistent operating experience with the same management, automation, lifecycle capabilities available in VxRail systems running vSAN. VMware vSAN HCI Mesh, that's a fairly new feature that came out in vSphere 7.0. The aim of the feature uh, is to share storage resources beyond uh, the local cluster. Um, but for our listeners' benefit, can you give us an overview of what vCN HCI Mesh is? Definitely. Uh, we're really excited about the feature. And uh, the VMware HCI Mesh capability was just added with vSphere 7 Update 1. Uh, but the, the capabilities were enhanced in vSphere 7 Update 2, which launched on VxRail with the VxRail release 7.0.200. It enables traditional vSphere clusters not running vSAN, for example, dynamic nodes that we've been talking about, to mount a remote vSAN data store and then utilize that storage from the remote vSAN data storage locally. HCI Mesh uses Ethernet to connect between the remote and the local cluster and it's re recommended to use at least 10 gigabit ethernet, and it leverages the native vSAN protocol for communication between the clusters. Okay, thanks Ash for giving, that, uh, for giving us that background. It's a better explanation than maybe I could have been able to give uh, so succinctly. Um, but going back to uh, dynamic nodes now, uh, can you explain why a customer would buy dynamic nodes uh, and connect them to storage arrays or to remote data stores from another vSAN cluster? I mean, it. It seems like you can do the same today with, uh, with standard VxRail nodes, but just a secondary storage. So, so what makes these use cases appealing? So first, let's start with some background on how we got here. VxRail actually began supporting fiber channel attached to storage arrays actually almost two years ago. As customers were starting their journey on data center modernization, they were looking for ways to migrate workloads off their existing storage arrays and onto VxRail to provide access to these storage arrays on their VxRail. We reference this use case as VxRail attaching to secondary storage, as the primary storage still resides in vSAN with the vSAN data store, while the secondary storage is accessed from the storage array. Now back to your original question on why we're introducing dynamic nodes, VxRail is deployed by over 15,000 Dell Technologies customers and most of them are also managing workloads on Dell EMC storage arrays. What dynamic nodes enables customers to do is to leverage existing storage infrastructure investments 
while continuing to utilize the rich storage data services on those arrays, but then using VxRail and its automation to scale and manage compute. An additional benefit is for customers who have deployed VMware Cloud Foundation on VxRail. They now can add VCF workload domains with dynamic nodes attached to primary storage. Alternatively, we talked about vSAN HCI Mesh. When you're using VxRail dynamic nodes with vSAN HCI Mesh, it provides better utilization of your existing storage resources that you have deployed in other VxRail vSAN clusters. You can mount those multiple remote vSAN data stores to a single vSphere cluster running on a dynamic node, and it doesn't matter whether the remote vSAN cluster is all flash or hybrid, it allows you to scale compute asymmetrically using cost-effective and performance-optimized storage. If that wasn't enough, on top of all of that, you can dramatically reduce license costs. There is no vSAN license required to connect to a remote vSAN data store with HCI Mesh. Okay, thanks, thanks for that detailed response. Um, I mean, license cost savings definitely are a big draw, but it really also sounds like being able to just increase uh, the utilization of you know, existing storage arrays is, is almost more uh, impactful. Um, so you mentioned that this can be deployed with VMware Cloud Foundation on VxRail. How, how does it add flexibility to an existing deployment? The addition of dynamic nodes support with VCF on VxRail provides customers a new way to deploy a VCF workload domain, now using primary storage instead of just vSAN. This allows flexibility for deploying workloads using the most optimal infrastructure, whether that is a workload domain running a VxRail vSAN cluster, or the new dynamic nodes leveraging existing storage investments running on a storage array. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Uh, so why customers want those workloads on enterprise storage arrays. Um, why only support Dell EMC storage arrays? Well, that, that's actually an easy question. Our number one priority is always to ensure that VxRail is reliable and dependable as customers are running their mission critical workloads on it across the globe. This is evidenced by the rigorous validation process that goes into every VxRail release, including over 25,000 test hours, which allows us to achieve over six nines of uptime. By supporting only Dell EMC storage arrays, it ensures that we provide the same steadfast approach to product quality while continuing to provide customers a single point of contact for the best support experience. All right, that makes sense. Um, well, let me ask you then about, about hardware. Let's, um... Let's move on to this piece. Are, uh, are these just overall new platforms, new model names? Can you tell me a little bit more about them? Yeah, so we wanted to simplify dynamic nodes as much as possible so they'd be very familiar to customers who are already using our existing VxRail platforms. Initially, we've introduced dynamic nodes based on the 1U E560F, the 2U P570F, and the 2U V570F. Besides not having internal cache and capacity drives, which are typically used for vSAN, all the other configuration options for these platforms are the same. The primary reason these platforms were chosen was to give customers flexibility in the configuration options. Specifically, some of these platforms can be configured with one or two CPUs, some of them support GPUs, and some of them offer several more PCI slots, which allow for redundant networking cards or fiber channel HPAs to be installed. We have plans to continue to add VxRail platforms to the dynamic nodes, uh, including some based on our recently introduced 15G VxRail models. All right, well, you mentioned um, 
you mentioned that, that these would not have internal cache and capacity drives. Um, or can they be added to these dynamic nodes in the future? So every VxRail system will still ship with a boss installed, uh, which is our redundant storage for system boot. However, at this time, adding internal hard drives or solid state drive is not supported. This is something we'll continue to assess and may revisit in the future as a customer use case evolves. All right, okay. Um, well, I think I think that now I guess I, I've got uh, I got a good handle on uh, VxRail dynamic node offering, which is very interesting. Um, Want to drill down a little bit further though on what differentiates this offering from other server platforms uh, that could be used to form a vSphere cluster. It's really about the VxRail advantage and why VxRail continues to be one of the fastest growing HCI platforms. Our goal is to provide customers flexibility, regardless on how they use the storage in their data center, and to continue to deliver a seamless management and automation experience with the VxRail HCI system software. The same operating experience and capabilities on VxRail systems running on vSAN will be available on the VxRail dynamic nodes. For example, you can run the single click full stack hardware and software lifecycle management just as confidently on your dynamic nodes as you do with your standard VxRail vSAN clusters. Glad you mentioned uh, lifecycle management. Does this simple and automated LCM experience also extend to the storage arrays? No, it doesn't. But there's a really important reason on why we chose not to go down this path. I'll be honest, uh, we spent a lot of time working closely with our engineering team and reviewing this decision. But first, we will continue to provide automated lifecycle management for the VxRail dynamic nodes, including vSphere and the VxRail HCI system software, as well as the hardware in the system, like the BIOS firmware, and including fiber channel HPAs. One of the reasons why customers are moving to HCI is really around the simplified management. HCI consolidates all the compute storage and networking into a single system. In this scenario, VxRail has sole ownership of all the workloads running on it, as well as the underlying infrastructure that's running on it as well. And that means we can ensure that we can migrate and maintain availability to those workloads as we orchestrate the upgrades and lifecycle across the cluster. Conversely, most customers have a different operating model when they're using storage arrays, and they do not dedicate them solely to a single compute cluster. This means in those scenarios, VxRail no longer has sole ownership of the storage, and thus, by upgrading the underlying storage, it could be impactful to those workloads running on the compute cluster. And such, we wouldn't be able to guarantee availability of those workloads. So we don't want to jeopardize uh, the success of that lifecycle or the quality of the lifecycle experience our customers have come to expect on VxRail. Okay, so you'll still need uh, the storage administrators then to manage the storage arrays, you know, do provisioning, storage, you know, zoning, all that. Correct. However, by deploying VxRail dynamic nodes, we simplify many of the management tasks a storage administrator is typically responsible for when managing the compute nodes these arrays are attached to. Uh, just to name a few, uh, managing the dynamic nodes using the VxRail vCenter plugin, automated workflows for cluster expansion and field service replacements, a rich set of REST APIs for infrastructure as code. We'll continue to have synchronous releases with VMware updates and security patches, as well as lifecycle management of the dynamic nodes, including the newly added uh, support for the fiber channel HPA firmware updates and drivers. Okay. 
I think I think that gives me a, a well-rounded understanding of what VxRail dynamic nodes are and what they are not, uh, as well as I guess getting into what makes this uh, very compelling to our customers. Um, shall we take a moment and focus on the satellite nodes? Excellent. Okay. Uh, well, so what are satellite nodes? Yeah. So so VxRail satellite nodes are a new capability we're introducing which enables deploying vSphere as a single node instead of a cluster. Every satellite node only requires vSphere and does not require vSAN, meaning that VxRail deployments can be much smaller than the existing minimum two-node vSAN cluster in Witness. I see. So, uh, so it's a single node that doesn't require vSAN license, which makes sense because you cannot form a cluster with it. Um, all right, so can you tell me about the use case then? Sure. So. The primary use case for satellite nodes is focused around edge compute, where the compute and storage footprint is usually only a handful of virtual machines, and customers are trying to control costs as they scale to multiple edge sites. While the primary use case is targeted around delivering a smaller footprint at the edge, there are additional use cases that you may want to deploy satellite nodes in your data center. First, since VxRail supports synchronous ship with VMware, some customers we've talked to are looking at a test and development platform where they can validate these new VMware or VxRail features and releases before introducing them into production. In addition, as customers transition primary workloads to cloud native platforms like Tanzu, some workloads may not be optimized yet for containers and can continue to be managed using satellite nodes. Each satellite node is managed by an existing VxRail vSAN cluster, which provides a separate control path for satellite nodes deployed across sites. So even if there's a disruption with the VxRail cluster managing those satellite nodes, or there's an issue with communication between the satellite nodes deployed at each site and the, the core data center, there's no impact to the satellite nodes data path. Interesting. So, so you need to have a VxRail vSAN cluster in order to deploy satellite nodes but they can continue to service applications even if the control path to the cluster is down. So, um, so I'm curious then what, uh, what the hardware offering is for satellite nodes to see, I guess, what type of edge workloads we're targeting. Initially, the satellite nodes will be offered with three VxRail models, the VxRail E660, the VxRail E660F, and the VxRail V670F. The goal was to provide some configuration flexibility, including we know that many customers at the edge will be using GPUs for uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, as well as support that they'll need for redundancy. Now, while each satellite node is not part of a cluster, we do have the capability to provide some resiliency within the system. And that's done through the, the optional redundant network car networking cards, redundant power supplies, as well as introducing the PowerEdge RAID controller as a configuration option, also known as PERC, which can provide can be used to provide disk redundancy. Okay, you've talked about um, you've talked about this common operating model that VxRail has, which has a lot to do with VxRail's continuously validated states for lifecycle management. Can you tell me how this is extended to the edge with satellite nodes? Yeah, you're spot on. So. This has been an ongoing theme today as we've talked about dynamic nodes and now satellite nodes. We are enabling a consistent operating model across the VxRail portfolio. So regardless of how it's used, administrators will be familiar with whether they're using on a vSAN HCI cluster 
they're using VxRail dynamic nodes or VxRail satellite nodes. The same VxRail ACI system software, including all of the rigorous validation and testing with every release is running on the satellite nodes. As I mentioned, since all management is performed through an existing VxRail vSAN cluster, the satellite nodes have support for physical view of the nodes, including health and monitoring, support for alerts and logging, all events, as well as the lifecycle management. All right, well, because they require a management cluster then, how, how would you go about deploying this? How are they deployed? Great question. Satellite nodes are added to an existing VxRail cluster through the node addition automated workflow, which has been updated specifically to include support for satellite nodes and streamline the process as these nodes are customer self-deployable. The nodes are then added to host folders in vCenter. Uh, we've created a brand new automated user interface in VxRail Manager for simplifying managing this folder structure. And since host folders are a logical structure existing in vCenter today, they can be created and organized however best fits the deployment needs. Lifecycle management is then initiated at the top level of that host folder structure and is executed on all nodes within each host folder in parallel. This is pretty fascinating. Um, but I've got just got like tons of questions bouncing in my head. Like, I mean, how, how scalable are these satellite nodes? How many can a management cluster manage? The VxRail release supporting satellite nodes include enhancements designed to improve not only how nodes in a traditional cluster report and communicate status to VxRail more efficiently, but also we've enhanced the communication path such that enables scaling hundreds of satellite nodes per vSAN cluster is capable now. Well, Ash, edge is such an overused term with very broad definitions. Can you give me your take on what edge is and what your thoughts are uh, in this area of opportunity? Yeah, there's a lot of ambiguity and I truly feel uh, customers trying to navigate this space and which is why we are trying to relay a simplified message and solution. Dell Technologies defines the edge as where the data is acted on near its point of creation to generate immediate and essential value. Kind of simply how you boil this down is what this means is if you're in manufacturing, you may be generating your value on the plant floor where operating and telemetry data is being ingested from IoT endpoints. If you're at a retail store, you could it could be the sales floor where you have point of sale terminals or it could be located at a sales associate who's carrying around a tablet and they're, they're taking in customer data and sending back and ingesting that data for analysis. I talked to numerous customers who don't consider themselves actually running at the edge, but then when we go through and talk some of the challenges they're trying to solve, they quickly realize is actually um, the same exact overlap as running at the edge. Customers are scaling out at the edge now, and they are trying to address the rapid growth of data to support their business. It is a monumental task of aggregating all that massive amount of data, analyzing it, and then generating actionable insights on the data in real time. But furthermore, how do you manage the infrastructure as it begins to scale and sprawl outside the data center where you now need to extend operational controls and processes for compliance, updates, and security? Yeah, those are good points. Um, there, there are areas where I, I feel like there, there's been more of a traditional focus of that in, in the data center itself, but now, as we're expanding into the edge, you're right, we've got to address those same concerns in a much more scaled out environment. Um, just exciting times really at the edge. 
So can you touch maybe a little bit on how cloud services fits into that edge space and how satellite nodes really can coexist with that? Cloud, and, and particularly when we're talking cloud, multi-cloud is a prevalent part of customer strategies in the core business model. VxRail has been a key building block of customers' migration to a modern data center and enables them to better manage their on-premise infrastructure, but also provides connectivity to many of these major cloud vendors. Many of the common reasons we hear on why customers haven't moved fully to the cloud and continue a hybrid cloud approach in the data center would also be applicable at the edge. Factors like cost, security, compliance policies, as well as just maintaining operational control and ownership of the data are all major reasons why I anticipate many customers will still continue to favor on-premise infrastructure at the edge. All right, well, well given, uh, given then what the VxRail portfolio is now, how would you position the VxRail offerings for the edge space? Well, just as VxRail has helped solve customer outcomes in the data center, it is the optimal platform for the edge. There's a VxRail platform to support any deployment, including the VxRail D-Series ruggedized platform. You can then start with a single satellite node or deploy as small as a two-node vSAN cluster and scale up and out as workloads grow. The VxRail HCI system really provides that common operating experience to manage and automate not only your clusters in the core data center, but also as you scale to hundreds of nodes across disparate sites. With, um, I guess with that much projected growth in the edge market, as well as the concerns you've, you've already described, I suspect that VxRail will definitely add to its capability set uh, and portfolio over time to address more requirements at the edge. Um, what are the, the areas that are just critical to success in this market? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we really want VxRail to be a solution to customers' problems at the edge, and that isn't going to be accomplished with a single VxRail release or a new feature set. The edge will continue to grow and evolve over the next decade, and we will likewise be focused on evolving VxRail feature set and capabilities to best meet those needs as well. I think you'll see us focus in three areas in this space. One, providing edge-optimized platforms, for optimal space, power, and usage requirements. Two, we'll be enhancing the VxRail HCI system software to simplify management and operations at scale, as well as enable effective operations when dealing with intermittent connectivity. And finally, continue our jointly engineered integration of key VMware Edge technologies. All right, so I wanna get broad for a second here, zoom out a little bit here um, and ask you, what outside factors, you know, or industry trends do you see that will be, you know, will be influencing this edge market? I honestly believe that for most industries, and this comes from talking to numerous customers about their challenges at the edge, we're only really starting to scratch the surface of edge computing. As businesses start developing against the full potential of what edge computing can deliver, we'll see a tremendous acceleration in adoption. I believe this will change not only how you and I, but everyone interacts with the world around us. I envision a scenario in the future where edge computing becomes prolific, utilizing artificial intelligence, machine learning with GPUs to provide real-time insights on data. To give an example, I like to, to high level talk to a lot of customers on what's possible to kind of boil it down to something real world they can grasp. 
Imagine a scenario where you go to the doctor for a health condition and the doctor inputs your symptoms and vitals on a tablet while sitting in the examination room. However, behind the scenes, the data that the doctor just entered on that tablet is analyzed and using years of your past medical history, your lab results, but not only that, leveraging models that the healthcare provider and the healthcare industry as a whole has developed based on your medical history, based on medical histories and research across millions of patients, they're able to generate a very highly accurate and immediate diagnosis. Thinking broadly about how this could be used across other industries, you have automotive industry, manufacturing with robotics, it's exciting to see where edge could take us in the future. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. The examples you provided, that all, all that right there, what, what you've described, this, this seems to be the methodology that's really underpinning the, the strategy and the rationale for why you know, we're introducing these options. And so you know, by explaining a little bit more about what the dynamic nodes are and what satellite nodes are at the detail you've given us here, um, can't help but look at here and say, you know, the big elephant in the room, I think, is can we really, you know, think of VX Rail as strictly HCI anymore? Yeah, it, it's really a natural progression. You know, we've seen tons of success with VX Rail, and it's an evolution to address the evolving customer requirements and needs of their businesses. And the VX Rail strategy is to really continue to expand adjacent workloads, use cases, markets. I guess from what you've learned today, you know, talking about the VXL satellite nodes and the VXL dynamic nodes, do you feel that these new offerings have significantly changed the perception of VXL? <laughs> wow, well, you're throwing a, you're throwing a curveball and asking me a question for once. Supposed to go the other way here, Ash. Um, let me think about this. I think I think it certainly does alter my first thought of VXRail, really because I've you know I've really associated it, um, VXRail to HCI. Um, however, I think by stepping back a bit right? And putting some of these things into context, it's really the software that differentiates the VxRail offering. It's the, it's the VxRail HCI system software um, that, that's giving, you know, the operational simplicity in the LCM experience that um, VxRail users, I think, really value. And, it, it, and really in context here, that's, that's the part that doesn't change, no matter what the, uh, what the VxRail offering really is there. They're still running the same software, always running in a continuously validated state. So, Yes, there's a change in perception, but doesn't really change the core value differentiation. And that's the driving motivation. You, you hit it on the head. We want to extend that level of operational simplicity, and we feel confident that customers are going to see the value that we're adding by expanding the VxRail reach in their infrastructure environment. Well, I think we did a good job then providing some important information about dynamic nodes and satellite nodes. Um, perhaps this is a good spot to draw this episode on VxRail deployment flexibility to a close. Um, so as I, Ash, I appreciate your wisdom and ability to distill all this heavy information very, very clearly. Um, let's close with some call to actions. Um, what would you recommend um, any interested listeners do uh, if they want to learn more? Do we have anything coming out on the horizon that you feel would be you know, pretty helpful, adding additional insight or, or guidance or, or extra clarity they can refer to? Absolutely. And first of all, thank you, Mike, for having me on the podcast to go through the satellite nodes and dynamic nodes. I hope it was helpful. And we do have a lot more information uh, coming up in a large a launch event planned. Um, but we also just had several sessions at VMworld where we talked 
in more in depth around the dynamic and satellite nodes as well. Okay, great. Um, I'll make sure to check those out. Um, and I'll add as well that um, we'll be coming up with, with some new content on both dynamic nodes and satellite nodes um, that will be posted to InfoHub over the next few weeks. Um, and so Ash, you know, I want to thank you for, for joining me today in the program. It's, it's always great to have additional perspective and to talk the, the, the strategy here of what we're trying to do and how we're setting up for the future. Um, this is all really exciting. For, uh, for our listeners out at home, I'll include those links to the additional content. Um, in the meantime, Ash, thanks again. For everyone else, be safe and be well.